1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CT Mobile.com.
0: No games on the schedule? No! That doesn't stop us from talking football. <laughs> This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Here are your hosts, past WFCA President Tom Swiddle and WSSP High School Insider Big Time Mike McGiver. Oh. Welcome to the
2: Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. I'm Mike McGivern alongside the head football coach. And see, I had to scribble that out. Former head coach now. <laughs> head football coach at Milwaukee Tech, Tom Swiddle. Coach, it's been a month. It's good to see you. Great to see you too, Mike. How you been? I've been really good. How about you? Good. You, uh, you're uh, getting in the swing of it, man. It's Now you start thinking it's, f- what, six, seven, eight weeks away from... Figuring yeah, all this stuff it's, out. It's right down the road. Have you been, uh, you've had a meeting, I'm sure, with some yes. of the kids. and Yes. Um, kids getting in the weight room? We
3: started workouts, summer workouts this week. Tech is out of school already, so we started summer workouts this week. And uh, uh, workouts have been a little sparse. Yeah. We've got some
2: building to do, Mike. But you know what, Tom? Look, we talked about this a month ago. Your eyes are wide open. Right. You know exactly what you're walking into, and I, you know what, you know how much I respect that you're doing this, and I, you, you'll get it going. It, it, it's gonna, You don't have as much patience as some people, right?
3: Well, actually, I've been very patient, and uh,
2: hold on. Yes, <laughs> so
3: far. Yes, yeah, Well, how no, long truly? Has been... um, you know, it's it's just a different situation. You know, like if, you know, like at Brookfield East, if we had workouts at ten in the morning. The kids got up at 20 to 10, they rolled out of bed, they got something to eat, they jumped in their cars and drove five minutes to school. That's not how it works no. at Tech or probably any place in the city. So you have to understand that um, you know there are reasons why it's much harder for a kid to get involved in a summer
2: program at Tech than it would be at Wauwatosa East or Brookfield East. Right. Do you know, I coached, uh, when I was back coaching grade school basketball, I coached at Christ King. And if we, if we practice at 7 o'clock, at quarter to 7, the minivans would pull up. Yeah. Kids would get out with their ski jackets, and they'd go from a warm car to a warm gym. And yeah. when practice would be over at 8.30, quarter after 8, the minivans would pull up. Right. Kids would jump. I and have then- a
3: young man that comes to workouts. He lives on 89th and Appleton. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, two or three city buses right. to get
2: there, yep. you know, and to get home. And then I went to coach at Resurrection Catholic Academy on 51st and Villar. And kids were always late for practice. Sometimes I'd, dri- I'd drive a bunch of kids home, and it was it was a different animal. We coaching at Martin Luther. We, we I had a young man that's just graduating now. He lived on Brown Deer Road and went to Seventy Sixth and Grange. Yeah, and that was three buses. He had to catch a bus at quarter to six to get to school by eight o'clock, and he was always on time. Wasn't late. Yeah. Showed up at practices all the time, and but the commitment is incredible. Right? It's incredible,
3: and I, and I realize we have to build really a football culture there. It's it, it doesn't exist right now, and I am being patient, and I and I do know the the hurdles that that uh, my players at Tech have to do things
2: like I said that I've taken for granted for a lot of years. But you know what, the other part that I see is is. Look, they've got to be willing to make the effort too. You know, yep. the kids have to. Yeah, I understand you have to take two buses, but you know what? If you want to be part of this program, we got to get you. Got to get used right. to that. We got to get going. So let me run down today's show. Um, Doug Sarver, uh, WFCA president, is in studio. We're going to spend a couple of segments with him. We're then going to talk to Dale Comroe from Jostens. He uh, they've been a part of what you guys do for a long time. They've been a part of, you know, high school athletics in the state of Wisconsin for. You know, as long as I can remember. We'll talk to Dale about some of the things they're doing with some awards and being part of the WFCA. And then Matt Walker, the head football coach at UW River Falls, will join us at eleven o'clock. Eleven thirty Travis Wilson with sports.net. We're gonna do, we're gonna find we're gonna finish up on the combine stuff. Yeah. Some kids that really made a name for themselves. And we'll talk to Travis about a number of things in the world of high school football. But before that, Doug Sarver, WFCA president. Man, you're getting to be a regular here, brother. How you been? I'm good. Yourself? Man, you're like my co-host. You're my co-co-host. How's that?
4: co 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 There you right?
2: go. No, only co-co. Um, it's good to see you. We were going to talk uh, with Doug about football-only conferences, but before we do that, uh, Doug, the WFCA, a lot of stuff going on. This is, believe it or not, this is a busy time for you guys.
4: Yeah, this summer we we have the All-Star Game coming up yep. soon, and Tom will have a couple shows on that. That's July twenty first in uh, Oshkosh,
2: but the, you had the, the combine already, and you had certainly the coaches' clinic, which is the big thing, um, yeah, and that thing is is done. So it it's not like once the high school football season's over, you guys then get on the hammock for a while. Right, you know, we've got something going pretty much all year long. Uh, that's good. With um, hey, with the uh, the the All Star game coming up, where does that sit right now? Yeah, teams have been selected, correct? And they, when do they start getting together as a team? And, and coaches have been selected, staffs are set?
4: Staffs are set, and the coaches have been meeting all along. They're in their fundraising portion of the process right now. Okay. just finishing that up for children's hospitals. Right. And then uh, in July, they'll report to their, uh, the University of Oshkosh or the University of Whitewater, depending on what site they're at. And I think it's July
2: 14th. The, the fundraising part of this is so important because that – Look, it's, it's a football game at the end of the day, but it, it is a fundraiser, and it's an important fundraiser for Children's Hospital. And everybody that is listening knows somebody has a kid that was, went through Children's Hospital for something, has an, a niece, a neighbor, and they understand the importance of Children's Hospital is to us in this community. And for this football program and this football game to, to raise as much money as they do – for children's hospital is incredible well and it really culminates mike at the actual
3: uh week of practice at their camp when uh, the children's hospital uh children and parents come to the camp and and tell the players and coaches their story and it's an amazing night uh
2: there's actual tears in the eyes of the participants of the game when they hear these stories. And you guys have both – you've coached – you've been the head coach in two of these games, I think, Tom, is that correct? Uh, Doug, how many – I've coached twice. You've coached twice as well. When you look back at that week, I can't imagine the football game itself is the first thing you think about. It's got to be the camaraderie, the other coaches, raising money for Children's Hospital, how these players all came together as a group – in a short time. I mean, that's the kind the journey to get to the yeah. game is probably what is the first thing you think about.
3: Yeah. When I think about my experience in 2016, I don't know that I've ever been close. And this sounds weird, but I don't know that I've ever been closer to a group of guys, a team that I've coached than that particular team, like in one week, how we, how we became a, a unit, a you know, brothers and, uh, you know, of course, at that time, I thought that would be the
2: last game I'd ever coach, yeah. you know. I, I uh, Doug, you didn't think that, did you? <laughs> Not really. No, <laughs> no, me neither. But,
3: but uh, you know, I just, I, I when I think about, like you said, Mike, when I think about that experience, I think about the team. I don't even think about the game, right. even though we won. And, and it was a great, you know, way to end sort of my career at that time. But um, it was a great experience, and it was because of the kids that I got a chance to work with.
2: Should we start calling him Brett Favre Jr.? Retirement, (laughs) not coming back. (laughs) Hey, Doug, same question for you on the All-Star game. You know, you're really close to it, and so you see all the moving parts that people might not see. You know, they show up in Oshkosh and show and watch and and come to the game, but you're, you're really involved in all the moving parts behind it. When you coached in it, the game is just not the first thing you think about.
4: No, you know, it's it's the camaraderie, like you said, with coaching staffs, with getting to know these kids. It's the same thing for them. We like to tell those kids this is going to be the best experience of their life up to this point. And for most of them, it is. Just about all of them will say that this is the best experience of their life up to this point. And it's not an easy week. No.
2: It's uh, it's hot. Yeah. yeah. The rooms are hot. Yeah. We had that talk you, last yeah. year. And people were bringing, you know, some window air conditioners <laughs> just to get a little bit of relief. Uh, but you know you put that aside and these you these kids these days are not easy no i mean they're working hard right i mean you're getting up
3: at uh you know, quarter to seven, seven o'clock. You got to hustle. And at Whitewater, anyway, you've got a little ways to walk to get to the cafeteria. The kid. The only downside is there's a lot of walking involved at at Whitewater. Now coaches, campus. do you uh, no,
2: no, we get carts. I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> Doug you know, Takes care of us. We could probably find a company to yeah. sponsor some carts or no, something for you. No, oh, they all get carts. Yeah. Uh, no, that's... but
3: it's it's a as, as you said, Mike. It's it's a long day, a very very long day. And I just want to mention there there is no aspect of the All-Star game that Doug is not involved in. I mean, the reason we have a great All-Star games, you know, plural, because there's three of them, is because of Doug Sarver and all the work he puts into it year long.
4: Yeah, I would just like to say that. uh, Thanks, Tom, but there are a lot of people involved in this game, including Tom and these people that are involved in this game have all been involved for the 10 years that I have been. So having the same people in the same jobs year after year after year makes this thing run really smooth.
2: Yeah, the template is set. Yes. And you can tweak it because you, you have to tweak it, but you know, and, and Doug, we've never talked about this, but I know that something always pops up <laughs> you, you know that you didn't see the year before or the year before that. So there's always things that, that you have to make sure that are running smooth. That week, do you go back and forth from, from Whitewater to Oshkosh?
4: Yes, I'll start out in Whitewater Saturday and Sunday. And then I'll go to Oshkosh. Then I'll come back to Whitewater, and then I'll end in Oshkosh during that week. So, so I'm all over the place.
2: It's a long week. What do you do during the day? Do you, do you hang out at the practices?
4: Yeah, it's just kind of making sure things are going right, anything that the coaches need, making sure the logistics are on target. But, again, it's it's been run so well for so long, it, it pretty much runs itself.
2: Tom, did, did the first year you did it, I'm sure the second year you were the head coach, you kind of knew what to expect. Right. That first year, though, had to be a little bit of an eye-opener. It was. It was an eye-opener. And it was different
3: then because there was only one game. You know, so it was all divisions. Divisions one through seven were represented in the game. And, uh, you know, th- th- that first year, I remember driving to camp or actually being dropped off at camp by, by Ingrid and – like I got out of the car and I got my stuff out of the car and I was like, "Oh my God, what's going to happen next?" You know, Not like what? I just had no right. clue, you know, what was going to unfold that week. And certainly, the second time I did it, it was very
2: different. Guys, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, Doug, we want to talk to you about um, get get an update from you on football only conferences, where that is, um, what's what's happening, what you think is going to happen in the future, and we'll do that on the other side. This is the pick and save. Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show. As always, presented by our friends at Raising the Stakes Fundraising leadership development, Mike McGivern, alongside Tom Swiddle and Doug Sarver. Hey, Doug, before we get into the football-only conferences, um, there is a, a, a video at WIFCA.org, WIFCA.org. If people have interest to know what that week is like, there's a video um, on that website about last year's All-Star Game.
4: Yes, there's a video of the coaches and the players interacting with the children's hospital patients and then also – Being interviewed for what they thought was their week and the the exciting parts of their week. So it's a great video, maybe about 15 minutes long. So if you get the chance, go to WIFCA.org and just click on that video and it'll be very interesting. And
2: look, if you're thinking, if you're feeling led to maybe to to donate some money to Children's Hospital through this and you're on the fence, go watch that. Exactly. You, You know what? watch the video and get your wallet out because then you're going you're definitely going to want to be involved in this thing wifca.org WIWisconsinFCA.org wisconsinfca.org to watch that video make sure you've got six seven minutes maybe some tissue and your wallet that's mm-hmm. what i would recommend hey we wanted to talk a little bit about footballing conferences with you doug and give us an update what's going on with that
4: Well, the latest is uh, we met with the WIA, and our partnership with them has been been going along very well on this. This is something that we want to get uniformity across the state in uh, the number of teams in a conference, and it's something that's been long overdue, so we've been putting a lot of time and effort into trying to to get there, and it's a long process, and we think we're there. We've got uh, a model set and ready to go. We met with the WIA. They made their suggestions. We, so we tweaked them out a little bit. We approved their suggestions. They were very good suggestions, and uh, we appreciated their help on that. So then our next step now is to uh, contact a lot of, as many of the schools that are changing conferences as we can so they know that this doesn't just get a surprise all of right. a sudden. Right, smart. Down. Some of them are uh, not real thrilled, and, some, and most of them have been very supportive. I would say it's running about 80% supportive.
2: Now, for is this going to be something that is, is taken? you will take a vote on, or will you guys make the decision?
4: At our all-star weekend, our board of directors and district reps meet. The plan will be presented to them. From there, it will be put out probably on our website the following week. Then in August, it goes to the board of control of the WIAA. We will make that presentation
2: there. Can, can I can I stop you a second? Is is this the typical way that you guys work together, with the WIA? Because it seems like if you've had the conversation, they've made they they've made some suggestions. You've tweaked it. You would think that that at that point in August, it should be a fairly easy putt, correct? Yeah. This this is unprecedented. That's what I thought. Yeah. Th-
4: this is unprecedented. Uh, this is the opportunity to do what we're doing with the WIA is something that we need to take advantage of in a positive way in, in our partnership with them. And it has been great working with them. Uh, they have been very supportive. We have been very supportive of them, knowing that once this model is done and if it gets through the Board of Control, it has to go through the Board of Control and get approved, Right. then it goes to the fall regional meetings, the WIAA fall regional meetings, where all the athletic directors and principals will be able to comment on it They'll have 30 or 40 days to appeal if they're not thrilled. And then it will go, at, by the time our advisory meeting comes, the WFCA advisory meeting in December comes along, it should all be in place.
2: What a lesson a lot of different areas in our country can learn from, from this, <laughs> don't you think? So instead of, so working together has been effective. Very effective. Right? Now we still... So you no, got, we
4: understand that there's going to be some schools that aren't going to be thrilled. Change is hard for some people, and but we're asking our membership to support this plan and use the procedures in place if they're not thrilled with it. Which is a two review, two year review that they can ask for relief or request relief.
3: And this really helps the WIAA. Also, oh, I mean, there's tons on, on their part, there's. You know, one of the the hardest things, at least being a part of the WIAA football advisory through the years, one of the things that that I've observed is certainly um, schools wanting out of conferences for you know basically for football reasons. Right. You know, this
2: takes a lot off of them too. You know, well, so De- years ago, Deb Hauser was on this show, and she said, "Look, here here's what people don't understand: when one domino falls." then all of a sudden there's going to be 50 that fall yeah because one one school's asking for relief and if i give them then all of a sudden there's there's five other schools i have to adjust to, to get to, for that right, school right this way i think is there are going to be right. a couple of people that are
3: not happy but sure for, yes, but the, you know the point is there's motivation on the part of the WIA for this to 100%. work too because this takes a lot off of their plate
4: right yeah, what our objective was, let's make this clear, was to our objective was uniformity of the number of schools and conferences across the state in football-only conferences. That was our objective, not to give relief. Now, where we could give relief by trying to pursue our objective, we did. And so some teams, a lot of these teams that are changing, there's 73 teams out of 392, 18% that are changing. Conferences at this time, there will be thirty-eight eight-team conferences, 7 seven-team conferences, which will sister up on the buy dates, and then there's right now two nine-team conferences, who will also sister up. Okay. On the buy dates,
2: are the nine-team conferences in this area or out throughout the state? They will be in this okay. similar
4: in the southeastern part of the state.
2: Do you when you look at this um, and you put teams at conferences? it's not about being more competitive so it's not it's it's not looked at where you you know you have one or two teams in a conference that always dominate that have have said in the past and i'll just use homestead who put their hand up and said if you want to move us rather than you know having some other schools that are asking for relief if you need to do that we're willing to to do that do you look at that part
4: we have in in some situations uh, where we could without you know, by using the objective that we had of uniformity, if we could provide better situations for schools, we did. And in in a case like Homestead, you know, if you take a Homestead out of their conference, sure, probably the teams in their conference are a lot happier. Right. But now you're moving them into another conference where the teams where aren't going to be happy.
2: Not so happy so, over there. Yeah,
4: you oh, got to watch. Hard. We try to keep as many conferences together as possible.
2: When when will it be um, public knowledge as to w- what conference would be what?
4: I would think right now that the timeline is the week after the All-Star game weekend.
2: But you have it you have it down on paper on what you're thinking. Yes. The, the,
4: the model is pretty much done. There's still some tweaking because we are calling and, and contacting a lot of the schools that are, are changing conferences, and we're, they may bring up an issue that we need to listen to.
2: Right. Hey guys, before we get to a break, we're talking about Jeff Tricky yeah. during the break, and yeah. and I appreciate Doug knowing that um, if I need need him for my youth sports show or the high school football show, you guys have uh, you no, know, I'm sure you know because I say it enough. I've just got so much respect for him, and and when he comes in, I feel like I'm I'm really lucky that week because there's so much knowledge, right? And his his quarterback camp's going well, right,
3: right, and and you know Jeff Tricky, friend of the show, and 100%. you know we just want to. You know, let people know that Jeff has his quarterback camps again this summer, and that you can go to JeffTrickyQBcamps dot com to get more information. But Jeff has been working with quarterbacks for a long, long time, and uh, you know, if you want to get some great uh, training as a quarterback, certainly that is one of the places you can go.
2: Yeah, I'm glad to know that he's back in that game because uh, um, I'm glad you... to know he's back in it. His way. His way. That's a really good point. And yes. I, I, I His way. Yeah, I was not finding the words for that because I wasn't sure exactly what to say with it, but you're right, that he's doing it his way, and it's the correct way, if I you agree. ask me. I yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his. Hey, Doug, thank you so much for everything you do for this show and for some of the things that I do on 105.7, whether it's... You know, youth football or anything I need with St. Francis, I call you. And you're very gracious with your time and your knowledge. So thank you. Um, I'm sure we'll talk to you before, but keep up the good work with everything with WFCA and this All-Star Game coming up.
4: Thanks. It's always my pleasure to be in here, Mike. And, again, we we appreciate everything that you do to get the word out for for Wisconsin high school
2: football. You bet. Again, that that video, WIFCA.org. Go to that uh, that website and watch that six- or seven-minute video on the All-Star Game and 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 just the process of some of the stuff that they do, WIFCA.org. Hey, if you're traveling about today, the Metro Market in, P- in it's uh, in Waukesha, it's a Pewaukee address, Silvernail, the new Metro Market from 11 to 1, got our Johnsonville Broadstop, raising money for a friend of ours, Matt Harris, head football coach at Waukesha North. He will not be there. He's in uh, lacrosse with the track team. He's gonna have some football players at the Walkshaw North or at the uh, pick and save on Silver Nail. Hundred percent of the proceeds we raised today will go to the Walkshaw North uh football team. And and I thank Matt Harris for for setting this up and having his kids out there. And as always, I, I thank uh pick and save and metro market. I want to thank Johnsonville and Brownberry and uh you know those those guys that get involved along with for, um, Frank Sauerkraut, and Mount Olive Pickles, man. I can't forget those guys. Mount Olive Pickles and yellow they're, peppers. They're friends of mine. You know what? That's awesome. Yeah. You uh, you put anything you want, Italians, uh, Johnsonville Brats, Johnsonville Italians, and Chicken Breast Sandwiches, $2. 100% of the proceeds go to Waukesha North again, 11-1 to today at the New Metro Market on Silvernail. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coach Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show, presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside my co-host. He's the head football coach, at Milwaukee Tech, Tom Swiddle. Hey, Tom, you know, uh, johnson has been around a long time. They have. And they've been around a long time, and they've they've always been kind of a mainstay when it comes to awards in high school sports. Right. Like, I don't – I that that's the company that, you know, everybody, even back when I was around, used. And when we talked about Jocelyn's, and one of the reasons we wanted to bring Dale on is, look, you, you talk about – they're a sponsor of the WFCN. and there's a, a number of things that you guys would not be able to do without sponsors like them.
3: Correct. And and you're right. When you think about uh, high school awards, be it athletics or other things, I mean, Jostens is the company that immediately comes to mind. Immediately. And as you know, Mike, uh, we've been working together for long enough now that you certainly understand all the different programs and events that are put on by the WFCA and and we simply could not do these programs and events without sponsors like Jostens I mean they are integral for the WFCA and um, you know Dale Comerl, um is somebody who I'm sure right now is is very busy the graduation season is coming up and and, boy, when I think about our Jostens rep at uh, Wauwatosa East, Bruce Weeks, and all the things he does for us, right. um, I just appreciate, uh, um, you know, having some t- – Dale having some time to,
2: to come on the show. Do you know, their, their, um, their mission statement, and when you go on their website, capture, celebrate, and inspire. Capture, celebrate, inspire. And their values, as a team member of Jostens, they're accountable for care, which is customer-centered uh, – Act with integrity and responsibility, respect and recognize and embrace change, and uh, we certainly thank uh, uh, Dale for a few minutes of his time. Dale, how you doing today?
5: Hey, doing pretty well. Thanks, guys. How you doing? Doing, doing well. well.
2: Hey, the capture, celebrate, and inspire. Um, that's the uh, Justin. That's jo- Justin's mission. Correct.
5: That is correct.
2: And when when you guys uh, look, a guy my age, when I think about who we went to for grad graduation rings and stuff like that you know we didn't get a lot of we did not get a lot of awards over at mesmer back in the day so i didn't <laughs> well, know my job you gotta earn them first yeah, for, you well okay? you know what it was uh those marquette high boys that yeah you know, <laughs> shut up swiddle um but certainly on some of the stuff so you guys been around a long time
5: it it has been uh, and we have been around for quite some time uh you know i myself with jostin's uh Uh, July Uh, next month will be year number 36 that I've been with them so it's been uh, it's been a lot of adventure and it's been a lot of experiences it's been a lot of celebrations and probably more important just a whole lot of relationships with just just some great great people Um, you know for us especially with what we all do there are five of us uh, in the state of Wisconsin uh, Jostin's reps that cover the state and I'm glad you mentioned graduation too, because if I do get a quick buzz here, I've got 12 big graduations going on this weekend. Like a lot of us. So Man, if I, do, if I do have to cut off for a second, and I'll be right back.
3: I thought Bruce Weeks was a part of our staff at Wauwatosa Eastdale. He was there so much at this time of year. Oh yeah, hey, yeah, that
5: uh, and Bruce has done a great job, and, and like the rest of the guys too. I mean, we're uh, we're just trying to make sure we've got all the bases covered because. You know, part of that mission uh, statement, too, is celebration. There's no bigger celebration in the high school career uh, as as graduation night, and that's for not just the seniors, you know, but it's also their parents and the faculty and the staff and administration. I mean, that's that's a big, big day, and it's a big day to celebrate, and we just want to do everything we can to make it go well and go very smooth and also be very exciting.
2: We are talking to Dale Comroe. He's with Jostens. How long have you been with Jostens?
5: It'll be uh, 36 years next month. So July will be number 36. And I'm, I'm just about halfway there as far as trying to get things covered. So I'm hoping for another 36. And and you maybe st- we'll call it a career. You
2: still don't know what you want to do when you grow up or what? Well, no, I've
5: been having a great time uh, with uh, with Jostens and with the people that we've had a chance to work with and the coaches and the programs and the championships, uh, it just never gets old, and, and, and everybody's got their own unique story, uh, which is, is pretty cool when you sit down with these uh, teams that have won championships and, and you get a chance to get the input from the players and the coaches, and you find out what's important to them, what, you know, leading up to their championship, uh, some of the things that they came across and, uh, you know, the adversaries that, are, that they, they, uh, they faced and what was really important throughout the year, and, and you try to take some of those stories and take some of that input in helping designing their championship ring to make it really unique and something very special that's not like any other championship ring before theirs.
2: Hey, Dale, when when two teams that are both Jostin schools are in the finals, you can't root for anybody, right?
5: Well, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> that's a really good point. But, uh, you know, we've got, uh, because there's five of us that cover the state, so oftentimes, you know, there will be a little good uh, – Goodwill between us, two, when uh, we know that my school is facing one of my buddy's schools, like Bruce Weeks, you know, for that state championship. Uh, of course, we're both uh, we're rooting for the for both of them, actually. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's just fun to be a part of it when we are able to be a part of it. Hey,
2: Dale, who are the other guys that handle the state for you?
5: Well, there's uh, obviously myself over here in this part of the world. Uh, Ted Annis is up in the north. Uh, Danny McCormick is over closer by uh, uh, Bruce Weeks. There's uh, Chad Kilton, who's also kind of between uh, Madison and uh, that Milwaukee area. Uh, And then uh, we've also got a young man who just came on the team here uh, first full year up in the Wausau area, Bill Ferrario, uh, who uh, was an ex-Badger, played for the Badgers, and then also played for the Packers. So he he, uh, did a little training with us, and he just joined us this year full time. So he's just done a great, great job up in that part of the world.
2: Hey, Dale, if, if I, when I was at Dominican, we won a couple state championships, and I misplaced one of the rings. A couple. <laughs> yeah, well, when I was there. Yeah, we, we did, back-to-back. And, back to back and, and um, how, how, how does somebody go about replacing one?
5: Well, and good question. Uh, now, with the technology that's been available about the last, I'm just going to, I'm estimating, but about the last 20-some, 22 years, 23 years, We've been able to keep records, and so we still have the dies, and we can recall stuff with this imaging program. So if there's a ring that was lost from any championship over the last 20-plus years, maybe 25 even, we still got the ability to recreate that ring. Is, and that's, that's been really cool to do that and provide that to people.
2: Is, is Is Dan McCormick down in the Waterford area?
5: Yeah, I believe he does have that Waterford area. Yes, that would be Dan McCormick.
2: Okay. I, you know, when his son was playing football at Waterford, yes, um, we we had uh, we had touch base and and I had asked him and he said yeah I'll you know let me look into that and then I I don't know if he lost my number or I lost his but we we stopped and now that I have you on I thought I'd ask that question again um, I'll have to to reach out to McCormick again and see if uh, if he can. You know, make that ring again, and I'll pay him what I need to pay him. But it would be nice to get that one back. And and by the way, Johnny McCormick played for me in the All-Star game. In he was a receiver,
3: right? And D-back. Okay. And a heck of an athlete. Oh, man, yeah. he was a good yeah. athlete. Fortunately, yeah.
5: he inherited his mother's athletic ability, so that was, <laughs> and, and that her good—a really win for both—and
3: yeah. her good looks. And, he, and yeah, I have to tell you, Johnny has one of the best sense of humor's uh, I've ever been around.
2: And her sense of humor, man, he got everything <laughs> from Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. McCormick.
5: Yeah, boy, I thought there's a win-win and a win right there. Yeah, that's. And, hey, and what, I think Dan they, ended up the winner.
2: Yeah, What area did you cover?
5: Well, I'm uh, basically, I kind of cover what they call the river territories. So I've got uh, the Mississippi River to my west, and then the Wisconsin River borders me on the east, and then uh, follow that Wisconsin River all the way down to where it uh, basically catches up. It used to catch up down by Prairie du Chien, but now I go a little further to the south. We've had a couple guys who have retired over the last few years, uh it wasn't really that many years ago there were 10 of us in the state of wisconsin and we're now down to that five so we all cover a little bit more territory but it's workable with technology and communication now it's a whole lot easier program but you know for us it's always been very very important that we're there and able to work with our people and be at the schools and and uh, and then that's how this business works you get to know people and try to make sure that you can take care of whatever their needs are. and you got to be there face-to-face, and uh, I think we all do a pretty darn good job of that.
6: Well,
3: you do, Dale, absolutely, and I know that uh, Justin's certainly meets the needs of the, the WFCA. Um, you do a lot of things for us from um, Hall of Fame rings to uh, the rings we give to coaches who win a state championship. How long has Jostin's been working with the WFCA?
5: Well, that relationship, too, um uh... I was not directly involved with that uh, probably the last, oh, let's see, I started in 1982 is when I started. Uh, and the guy that handled that for us was based out of the uh, Madison area was Bill Rudy. So yes, uh, we, you know, we've we been there all during his tenure, so I'm, I'm going to guess and say that we've been there for 30-plus years. And I have taken over that part of it here the last four or five years. And so uh, it's, been a, it's been a long time, and it's uh, been just a great relationship. And it's just one that uh, we're really happy to be reinvolved involved uh, once again and to be a little bit more active. I just got to go down to that coaches clinic, and I was just absolutely astounded at the size and the quality and the production of that coaches clinic uh, down in Madison. I mean, that thing was amazing. I'd, yeah. I'd go down there, and I'd see about maybe 300 coaches and different people, and you know, times that by 10. There was, was over 3,000 people at that Yeah, moment.
3: it's the largest football-only clinic in the United States. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. yes. Yeah,
5: well, that's probably why I was walking around with my mouth open and uh, <laughs> had to close it a few times. And, yeah, that was just very impressive, and what a great, great program. But uh, I, I also wanted to – somebody had mentioned, too, I'm not sure if it was you, Mike, or Tom, but uh, mentioned that Justin's had been around for quite some time. Uh, and it, the story of how we got our beginning was kind of interesting, too, because a lot of our, our beginnings and our affiliations and our, our communications have been with the military. It was actually in 1897, and it was that senior class at West Point. And they traditionally would receive a graduation or a lapel pin uh, for their graduation ceremony, and that class of 1897 wanted to do something different. So what they did is they contacted a jeweler in upstate New York, a master craftsman jeweler by the name of Otto Jostin. And they said, hey, can you take the pin and can you uh, use that for a top of a ring? We want to be the first class to create a graduation ring. Oh, my. So that's where we got the start. And then Otto Jostin at that time was still in upstate New York. And I, I might have some of the parts of the story not exactly correct, but it's pretty close and that he was uh, just getting ready to move back to the Owatonna, Minnesota area because he was recently married or about to be married, and that's where his wife was from. So then Otto Jostin ended up moving over to Owatonna, Minnesota, and then with our affiliation with West Point, uh, we started making the graduation rings, and from there it moved into different branches of graduation recognition. So that's how it all began, you know, 1897, 122 years ago.
2: Boy, it, that's uh, that's awesome, cool. yeah. And and still going strong. Again, there when when you think about Justin, their mission statement: capture, celebrate, inspire. Hey, Dale, can we uh, we keep you over for one more segment? Oh, absolutely. Good. He's Dale Comroe. He's with Justin, and again, talk to Tom uh, Swiddle. WFCA. They they get to do a lot of stuff because of sponsors like Justin, and we certainly thank them for the work and the how much they give back to the community. We'll continue our conversation with Dale. On the other side of the break, this is the Pick and Save, Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show. Presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. I'm Mike McGivern, Mike McGivern alongside Tom Swiddle, head football coach at Waukee Tech. That's what happens when I try to talk too fast. Yes. Right there. We're also joined by Dale Comerow. Dale, what's your title with Jostens?
5: Well, I'm the uh, just a lacrosse area uh, representative. Uh, for Jostens. So we're basically just uh we run their different territories uh, between the five of us. So the area rep.
2: Where is the corporate office for Jostens?
5: Uh, traditionally that they still have uh, a, a corporate office in Owatonna, Minnesota, but a lot of the stuff is handled up in uh, Normandale Boulevard uh, up in Minneapolis.
2: Hey, um can we talk for a minute about um Jostens youth matter? Sure. You know, in 1976, uh, you supported an organization which um, their work to create strong communities with learning opportunities for our youth, and it it, it is something an area of commitment with education, environment, expression um, that that you guys really believe in. Correct. Correct. And can we talk a little bit about what's some of the some of the things that you guys do? I know um, back again a few years ago. With uh, Dan McCormick, he he was telling me about um, some some people that you would bring in as guest speakers to talk at local high schools about making sure you're a good kids, staying in school, stuff like that.
5: Absolutely, yeah. We've got a, a number of programs that we had been working with across the country, and uh, back when this started, uh, we worked with a principal in that i think it was either north carolina or south carolina and the concern there was with their graduation rates uh you know where they were having some difficulty not the difficulty they were just looking on ways to improve their graduation right. rates and so there was a principal over there uh i think is i'm trying to think of his name it's larry biddle i think is his name conway high school in uh either north or south carolina but uh, he had some pretty innovative ideas, and he started uh, running those programs and trying some of these different ideas. In his high school, it started working, improving graduation rates. Our rep in that area uh, caught wind of it and said, hey, this, this is something that would be good and, and for Jostens to get involved with it. Anytime we can help improve schools, improve graduation rates, it's good for everybody. It's, a, again, a win and a win and a win. And so we took that program and and we started working with it to try to uh, improve ways that students would uh, commit to staying and graduating with their class. And we, we came out with a program and so I ex- actually called com- uh, C2G Commitment to Graduate. So we took that program, and then Joston's invested a, a great deal of time and effort and finance into it so that we could bring it out to the entire country. And so, in doing so, we did that. And it was at, uh, as we developed the program, we put it under the umbrella called Jostin's Renaissance because it has grown into a lot of other different programs based on the time and a lot of the concerns with schools. As you know, school health is a concern, uh, concern school safety is a concern, and just mental health and improvement for students, faculty, and, and everybody involved. So we've got a program with Mike Smith now, too. Uh, it's called The Harbor and we make that available to all of our schools for free it's a it's a weekly communication this mike smith has done a tremendous job we've had him here in the state of wisconsin he just has the ability to work and connect with students and it's not just a one-time speaker thing it's an ongoing thing that we use all throughout the school year and schools can access this information and he has a presentation that streams into the schools and they'll use it it's for improving you know the health and the, the attitude and getting all the students involved and it's, a, it's such a great concern for students, uh, and so that program, I guess I'm just I'm getting a little long here with this, and I apologize, but uh, we, if you just go under Jostens and look at uh, Renaissance, yep. you'll see just a great many programs that are available that we, we make available to our schools. And it uh, it's just it's been a tremendous thing to be a part of. Like Dan McCormick was really involved with it early. We've all gotten very involved with it, and we bring these speakers to schools. And generally, you know, we're the ones that arrange it, set it up, help with it financially, and help uh, or raise funds to make all this stuff work. And uh, just been a real real plus. It's one of the neat things about. You know, and a lot of people would sometimes think, well, that's the Jostins guy. He comes to school. He does something with caps and gowns or rings, and and, and it, it's just so much more than that. It, uh, yeah, if you get so a rewarding. chance,
2: hey Dale, if you get a chance to hear Mike Smith uh, speak, and you don't oh, feel absolutely. if you don't feel like running through the wall after you hear that guy, yeah, then, then there's something to matter with your ears. Hey Tom, um, we've got two minutes left with Dale, and and what Jostins does for the WFCA is invaluable.
3: Invaluable. It's just. Uh, You know, to have a company like Jostin's that we can rely on to do something for big events. I mean, imagine, you know, being in the Hall of Fame and, and, you know, you get that ring. Yep. And that ring has a certain look to it. And um, it's just, you know, to have somebody like Jostin's be able to provide that particular thing to uh, a person who's being
2: honored by the WFCA just means so much
3: it uh, does. To us.
2: Hey, Dale, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, tell Mr. McCormick that we're ripping on him pretty good today. It's only because <laughs> he stopped reaching out to me to help me with that Dominican ring.
5: Well, absolutely. I'll let him know that. He's also a Minnesota native and so he's been one of the the personnel group who's still waiting over there to design that very first Viking Super Bowl ring. So. Yeah, he's going to be – <laughs> I think he.
2: yeah, he's waiting a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, tell him Tell him to be patient. Tell him yeah. to be patient. Dale Comroe, thank you so thank much you, for Dale. a few minutes.
5: You're welcome. Thanks for having me on, guys.
2: You bet. Yeah. Boy, it's companies like that, Tom, that, you know, behind the scenes a little yeah. bit. So thank you so much for allowing us to talk to him for a couple of, of segments because I think it's important for people to understand – Behind the scenes, a lot of people help the WFC. Yes, absolutely. Man, that's awesome. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, Matt Walker, head football coach, UW-River Falls is going to join us. I look forward to talking to Matt about what's going on with his program. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM,
0: The Fan. on the schedule no that doesn't stop us from talking football this is the pick and save wisconsin football coaches association show presented by raising the stakes fundraising and leadership development here are your hosts past wfca president tom swiddle and wssp high school insider big time mike McGiver. Uh,
2: welcome back into the WFCA show. I am Mike McGivern alongside the head football coach at Milwaukee Tech. I need to get that promo maybe updated, huh, coach? Yeah. Yeah, I should probably do that. I'll get that in before uh, before our next show. Okay. I'll make sure that uh, we want to promote what you're doing over there. We want to promote, uh, you know, the the purple, right? You're going to look good in purple, by the way. Oh, I maybe think not. so. You think so? Yeah, I think I no, will. No, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I'm, I'm just kidding. You will. Hey, our next guest, and, and uh, I believe I've had him on my high school football show, but it's been a couple of years uh, during the football season. He is uh, starting his eighth season at uh, UW River Falls. He's the head football coach there, Matt Walker. Coach, how are you today?
7: Doing a well. while. Appreciate being with you guys.
2: Yeah, you bet. We appreciate you. Uh, you coming on and talking some River Falls football. What? What? Uh, this time of year, you know, I think people that that just kind of watch football on Saturdays think that you guys just take all this time off and <laughs> you know start getting at it come uh, mid-August, but that's not the case, correct?
7: Boy, it's really not, it, <laughs> and it feels like it changes more every year. I feel like we get busier every year during this time, but.
2: You're probably recruiting
3: sophomores right now, right? Oh, God.
7: (laughs) You know what? In in all seriousness, the the recruiting calendar keeps pushing up. I mean, I felt like – I mean, I'm still a young guy in the profession, and I felt like not that long ago you didn't really think about recruiting until the season ended. I mean, you had a little bit of stuff during the season. You would have some guys on campus during games, but you really picked it up once the season ended, and now – I mean, you feel like you're behind if you, if this time of year you don't already know what's going on with the juniors to be senior guys. So it, it really has changed, to be honest with you.
2: You know, it's interesting, Coach. I do a show called Faith in the Zone, and and I asked a guy. He was a Division One head coach. I think he was at Eastern Michigan University. And I said he had been doing it for a little while. He was 44 years old, but he was a head football coach at the age of 28. And I said, I, I've been coaching basketball a long time. And I said, boy, do you, do you feel like the kids have changed over the years? And he said, absolutely not. He said, we've changed. He said, when I was a head coach, I was at 28, I was single, and I was one of the cool guys. I'm now 44, got three kids, and all I want to do is get out of practice and go home. They're not changing. Well, I'm changing. Well, what's. It's funny. I, I was a head
7: football coach at 28 as well at DePaul University, and and now I'm just over 40 and have three kids. That's like that's my story right there as well. And I think there's some truth to it. I, I just my my goodness, you know, there's a there's I'd probably be in the minority, but you know, but Division I and scholarship people have calendars with the, the recruiting and have dead periods, and you know, we don't in Division three. And I think that there's probably some guys that would argue not to, but I may be one that I'd argue for it. I mean, there's times where we need to be told to you know, just stop for a while and and take a break and take a deep breath and let the kids relax. And with the social media and and moving the recruiting calendar up, it it just never stops. And I feel like, you know, there's maybe other people like me that would say maybe a good thing that we would be forced to take a break. I don't know.
3: Coach, I think there's a lot of high school coaches that feel the same way. I mean, you know, certainly there's a handful of guys that uh, would love to have unlimited contact, you know, that they could be with their – there are players every, every day with organized activities. And, uh, you know, there's some that wish we didn't have any contact, right. you know, just because you're, you're taking so many things away from the players with those expectations and, and you know, coaches, you know, you have to do it because your conference rival's doing it, you know. And, and yeah, it, it has become quite out of control in some ways.
7: I agree with you. I think the copycat part is exhausting and trying to stay up with people. And, I mean, it's like, okay, you feel like if you don't have the best social media account, you're behind. It, yeah. it, it is exhausting. And I think there's some truth to that, too. I mean, during the season, with, with have, even in season, having some break away from your guys, I think it's a good thing. We, You know, you, there's always a debate in college football. You have to take one day off within the seven days. and It's always, do you take Sunday or do you take Monday? Everybody handles it differently, and huh? I, I've always liked Sunday because part of it is I I think the guys, they want to get away from us. They're tired of hearing this bitch and scream at them, And and us too, it's kind of good to have a break. I I like the day off in between uh, the Saturday game just to kind of get a break from each other. Um, And and I think with the recruiting piece we talk about, I I think the high school coaches may enjoy some dead period from us. We we have to be bugging them. I, I cannot believe in our sport we're still allowed to go and get kids out of school and talk to them in the schools, but we do. And it's important to do it. Yeah. Um, it's really part of our culture. You know, I was a head, I was, I was fortunate enough to be a head baseball coach in college as well. And I had very little contact with the high school coach. He did very little in the school and it just wasn't the expectation, but in, in football, it's still how you recruit. You got to get in face to face with kids. These kids are, they're out of class all the time. And again, I don't want to be careful I'm not promoting not to let me into your school, but right. I can't believe we can still get in there and do that. But it, And, hell, now we're doing it in the spring as well. I mean, guys are in and out of high schools all the time. It never stops.
3: Well, Coach, we're trying to make that a little bit easier for you and for others with our WFCA player profiles as I get a cheap plug-in. There you go. You know, <laughs> that uh, all there. those combine That's participants well <laughs> who are, you know, got everything online for college coaches to see and you know we're talking about keeping up with the Joneses in many respects here and boy when you're when you coach football on the WEAC there's a lot of you know programs very 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 good programs that you're trying to keep up with and being competitive with
7: you know it's incredible and, and and I'm one that can because of my career path and my my Time when I, I can speak intelligently on it because I've been in different leagues different levels and there's nothing like it and again I think people even the people that think they understand how good the league is they don't even get how good the league is and um you know one of the things that attracted me to the job it was the league it was one of the things that i I wanted to be a part of I, I was at a crossroads in my career with you know do I go the baseball route do I, I was I was in a divisional one assistant job at Butler I was like do I want to go be Nick Saban and be the best division one and it kind of was the decision my family and I I, you know I wanted back in division three I wanted to try to be in the league I think I want to be at the top of the profession and I think to do that you have to be in this league and so that along with you know just this great community and the school and wanting to be here that was a big factor in, in wanting to come here but you know the situation that I took over and having to rebuild a program, it's already hard enough to rebuild a football program. Everybody understands that at any level. I mean, high school, college, the pros, you, you just, it's hard to get over the hump. There's a, a thousand more variables that have to align for you than any other sport to make it happen. And, and then you throw on the fact that you got to do it against the best teams in the country every Saturday. It's, it's been a frustrating path and a frustrating road, but, but a rewarding one. And, my goodness, are we close? Now we got the new building, and and uh, you know I want to say it's it's one of the most exciting times we've ever had in the history of our program,
2: Coach. I, I can tell you this by experience. When when you do get to that mountaintop, and 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 now you can sit down and say, look, okay, we've changed the culture, and and we've now become a program that can consistently be in the top half of this conference. It, it with all the, the the hard work and sweat equity that you have to put in to get it there. Once you get it there, it it, it just tastes so much sweeter. It just does because oh. you you know where all the bodies are buried.
7: No, and you can already feel that. I mean, I think that we put. Well, I'm so proud of of uh, the kind of kids, not and not just players, but the coaches and players, and everyone that's been a part of the program. It's taken a whole bunch of commitment and dedication because it, it has been some dark times. I mean. To go 0 10, the first one, and, and kind of start over, and and built this thing, and then a year ago to finish fourth in the league, and going into this, this was really a disappointing one. As, as hard as the early ones were, when we know we kind of knew we weren't going to win, which is a really hard situation to be in when you just know you it's going to be really tough. But even even this year, though, this was even the toughest one because we everything had aligned. We thought we had the best team we've ever had. In I think we still did. It just didn't happen for us. You know, nobody wants to hear the your sad injury stories, so I won't give them to you. But um, when it just didn't happen this year in the year where we really thought it was ready to happen, this was as hard of a one as we've ever had. But, um, boy, we got a better team even on paper coming back. We're as excited as we've ever been. Recruiting continues to just be be crazy for us. So um, just tons of excitement
3: right now. Coach, you're going to be one of my confidants as I embark on a new coaching uh, situation at, uh, at Bradley Tech. And I know exactly what you're saying when, you know, you look at a program and you're like, man, we got so far to go. And, and uh, but, you know, I looked at your schedule last year and, boy, you had five tough losses by average yeah. of one touchdown, seven points. I mean, just to put in perspective, you lost to Oshkosh by three. You lost to G- Platteville by 10. You lost to Whitewater by 13. It's not like you're getting beat by, you know, four or five touchdowns. You are
2: right there in the game. Just when he almost no. forgot about some of those, you had to bring those back up, didn't you?
6: we <laughs> ripping off
7: this. Yeah, We have a rule on the house. I don't want to talk about those. but No, you're right. I mean, even in, the, in a tough win-loss year, um, Way you could walk away from some of those, still giving you a little pep saying, you know what, we, we are still one of, I mean, one of the best teams in the country. I mean, one of the best teams in the country. I thought Oshkosh was the most talented team in the nation last year. I really think they were. And, um, you know, we went in there in week eight and started a, a, a quarterback in the first start of his career. You know, it was one of the issues. We had some injury at quarterback, and, and everybody knows that, that that's hard. And so that was one of our issues. But, so we take the sophomore who I knew was going to be a star in the league. Um, I just didn't think he was maybe quite ready yet, but we said, you know what? Let's let her rip. And he goes in and he lights them up at their pl- and this was at their place, and and we led the whole game, in, in a heck of a game. Um, so, he, you know, and then he goes to Stevens Point in week nine, and Point's a hard place to play at their place, and he lights them up, and is the player of the week in the league. And so even in this tough year, we walk away there at the end saying, okay, we got this kid back, Ben Beckman, the kid out of Plain High School in Minnesota. We said we can build this thing around. We still can beat anybody in this country. If you can, if you got a chance to beat Oshkosh, Whitewater, Blackwell, you can beat anybody in this country. And
2: hey, Coach, do, do do you yeah. find do you find that when you're trying to change the culture, uh, that the, those games they they just uh, when there's three minutes to go and you got a chance to beat somebody. Are the kids looking at the scoreboard a little bit too? Do you know the question? It's it's hard. It's 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 hard to get over that hump sometimes when when a program isn't used to winning big games like that.
7: Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of that thing that's hard to put into words. But yeah, you know, you'd be a liar. It, it'd be real easy for me to sit here and say, "Oh no," you know. Well, yeah, something's happening. I mean, you just feel it. I mean, even as coaches, you kind of feel whatever that is that you can't put into words like this extra pressure this oh my god we're about to do it thing and um you know that's the next step for us right and and i wish i had the the perfect formula to make it happen and if i did i'd and be a much happier guy. But, so, yeah, something happened, you know, and, and that's our next step. And, you know, you talk to a lot of people in the industry about it, and I think they all agree it's hard to in the words, but it's it's clearly our next
2: step. We're going to get to a break. Um, if we can hold you over for one more segment, Coach, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about what it takes for our high school kids that are listening right now, what it takes to play at that next level. Um, I'd like to ask you that question, not only on the field, but in the classroom. We were talking to Matt Walker He is the head football coach at UW-River Falls and we'll continue with him on the other side of the break. This is the Pick and Save, Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show. I love that. I love bringing up that Dave Amoroso story. Yes, don't. I, lose, I know you don't do. lose to the Lutherans. <laughs> 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 we are joined by Matt Walker, head football coach at UW River Falls. Hey, um, coach, a couple of questions for you. I'm looking at your roster. I know you would prefer to have more kids from Southeast Wisconsin because I know that um, there's a lot of good football players in this area. Is it tough for you guys to to recruit in this area because of the distance?
7: Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I could I, I, I'd be a liar if I didn't think that was part of it. I mean, you're driving by most of the other UW schools to get to us, but you know, we've had some individuals out of there that have been very you know impactful players for us. We, you know, we always do our due diligence and try to recruit there some, but, you know, again, as you know, the recruiting is so competitive, and we have to be efficient. You know, our our uh, return on investment with our time is, is important, and, right. and so, um, you know, we we uh, I'm not afraid to to you know tell everyone I, we want to win our backyard, we want to win the, the Western Wisconsin kids, we want to win the kids in Twin City area, uh, but. You know, we, we also, you know, some of our majors, we have some unique majors. Our business program is, is, is our largest major now in our top program. We obviously have our agriculture niche, our education niche. So, I mean, we're, we're able to hit some kids uh, from greater distances. Yeah, I'd love to go in there and do better. But, man, we're just we're hitting our head against the wall, competing against so many other people for those kids. So, <laughs> we'll keep up the fight. But, yeah, to answer your question – it is tougher for us. There's
2: no doubt about it, Coach. One of the most frustrating things I, I do during the high school football season, I do a uh, high school football coaches show every Saturday from ten to ten to noon. And one of the most frustrating things that I come across are kids from this area that are that are willing to go to a Division two school up in Minneapolis or Minnesota, and just to be able to say, "Yeah, I got a scholarship," but when you dig down and find out they got a two thousand dollars scholarship. It doesn't make any sense to me. They could stay at home, drive the five hours, play at UW-River Falls for a lot less, play in a much better conference, get a chance to, to maybe compete to play and and be able to stay home and and get to a distance where their their family can can drive and see them play and they're going to be at Oshkosh one week or they might be at Whitewater one week so they're going to get a chance to play to see him play even more but for these for some of these kids to make the decision to go to some of the schools up in Minnesota to be able to say that they've got a scholarship. Even though it's a, you know, you're going to pay more in gas than you're getting, is a really frustrating part of of doing that show and hearing some of that. Do you feel that frustration,
7: Coach? It is one of the things that's begun to consume our lives. This this fight against this idea that it's a better idea to go take the five hundred dollar to two thousand dollars scholarships so to say you're a scholarship kid is. Is, is probably more consuming than anything else we fight in recruiting right now. And and you know again, I we're not Division two haters at all. I got a lot of friends in that area and profession and respect them. And sure, uh, but, but you're right. Too many of these. And, and at the same time, one of the things we've understand uh, start to understand that is the most one of the most important things in our recruiting process is being very nice to those guys on the back end when they tell us that they're going to Division twos because. Um, I think it's really dangerous to to plan and set up your recruiting around transfers, but it's been really big for us and beneficial. We're getting a lot of these kids back that maybe it takes them a year to realize what you and I both understand and what you just said. Um, I think the other thing that's happened is you know the Division II world started to creep into Wisconsin and kind of our neck of the woods, but now uh, whether a kid is a good player in Milwaukee or a good player in River Falls, they're going to get talk to by the, the division too is, is expanded in, entirely through Wisconsin, as you know, now. Yes. So, um, you know, the, the fight in the state for the top players is, is become harder and harder. It's why you see, uh, you know, there's a lot of programs in our league that are, that are trying to find pockets outside of Wisconsin. I don't think any of us want to. Um, but I think, you know, you're finding people in the Chicago area, you see us that one, you know, we decided to try to use we said, Hey, what's the one advantage we have over the league? It's the airport. You know, in Minneapolis, we're 25-minute, 30-minute drive from the airport. So we're babbling out west. you got people. Everybody's kind of trying to find a new pocket because the Division II fight is now across the entire state for sure.
3: You know, Coach, in a very weird way, I've been coaching high school football for an awful long time. And I remember back in in the 90s, there was um, a series of games called the Border Battle where the – uh, you know, UW system schools would play the the Minnesota Division two schools, and at that time, the Wisconsin schools um, pretty regularly beat the Minnesota schools. And I think that uh, you know these Minnesota schools who are losing to the you know Division three uh, UW system schools sort of discovered there's a lot of good football players in the state of Wisconsin. You know, we no, can't think- beat you can't beat these division three schools from the state and thus they've really started to recruit our state. So in a weird way that, that situation may have helped Minnesota, you know, or, or given them the incentive, I should say, to come into the state and recruit more.
7: Yeah. But, you know, again, that was, it was before me, but I've heard a lot of the history of that. And I think you're right. And, And. um boy that had to be cool back in the day to play that border battle. Sounds like I mean it sounds fun. Obviously things have changed now. That and, and again I don't wanna I'm not disrespecting the Northern Sun League. What a great league. I mean they they do such a great job and um, you know, it's really good football. But yeah, things have changed and it's it's really um it's really made recruiting interesting and and I think it's another thing you talk about the recruiting calendar and moving things up. I think because we recruit so much against the division two league um, you yeah, know, we have to move our calendar up, and we're almost having to hold a Division One, Division Two type recruiting calendar because we're recruiting against those guys as much or more than other Division Three schools.
2: Hey, coach, when when uh, you're talking to a kid, and and uh, one of your assistant coaches are talking to a kid, and and you're telling him what it takes to play, and and come to River Falls, not only in the classroom and on the field, but socially, um, what what things are you talking about? Uh, that they have to do and have to understand before they make that decision to to play football at the next level, um, what it takes?
7: You know, we use the word com- compartmentalize a lot. I think the one thing kids understand, I think most of them are smart enough to know that it's the next level in football. It's going to be a transition. And, and a lot of them don't quite understand how much of a transition I think that we're all I mean, I thought I was Tom Brady when I went to college. I think we're all humbled a little bit when we get there. But we know it's going to be a transition. What they don't understand fully, I don't think, is that every aspect of their life, whether, like you said, socially, academically, being away from mom and dad, the football part, uh, it's all a new thing. It's all a transition. It's all a challenge. It's all going to be tough. And if you can't compartmentalize it, if you can't kind of separate things, boy, guys struggle, and we—I mean, there's a reason that there's attrition in our sport. Um, I don't think it's always the football. I think it's everything else that goes along with the football, and so um, they got to be ready for the transition in all aspects of life, not just football. I think is really important for guys.
3: That's a great uh, way to to put all of that, coach, and and uh, you know, a great lesson for those that are listening. Yeah, hey, I wanted to uh, spend a little time just talking about uh, your your new facility up there. You have a sixty-six million dollar athletic facility. It's been said it's it's you know one of the finest, if not the finest, in the country. Uh, talk a little bit about that.
7: Well, I think it's just changed our lives. I think you know. I'm really careful. I don't want it to be all about the buildings and, and, and all the flashy stuff. I think it's more about people, but at the same time, we were just at such a disadvantage as, as anybody that's followed us or been around the campuses of the league know at all. We really had probably the worst stuff going, and now to go from the bottom of the league with facilities to arguably, like you said, maybe the best facility in the entire country in Division Three, It's just changed our lives, and it's given us an opportunity. Again, I, I, don't, I don't love that I'm going to win a recruit only because of a building, but what I've told our guys is, hey, maybe this is an opportunity to get guys here that wouldn't have come and taken a look here, and now we can tell our story to guys yeah. that wouldn't even have looked before. And, and it's given us a chance against some of these Division II schools I mean they're walking on those campuses and through their stuff, and then they come into our stuff and they're like, damn, this is more well, than any of the stuff in the Division II. So, man, it's – again, and I tell everybody, there's going to be a nicer stadium here. There's going to be a nicer arena here. But nobody has the, the building. I mean, it's put our entire athletic department under one roof in one location, everything brand new all together. It is an absolutely incredible place.
3: Well, and, and you know, as much as we don't want to think it is, but facilities is a big deal. You know, I, my daughter was a Division one soccer player, and in her recruitment, visiting all kinds of schools. and. Uh, my son, who's uh, up at Michigan Tech and playing football, and he visited a lot of schools and and uh, but in facilities does have something
2: to do with it, yes. no question. Hey, coach, what no, it l- does. Yeah. Hey, ahead, hey, last thing, when when you talked about what it takes to play at the next level, and we went Division two, II, Division three, I want people to understand that my son played uh, Division three basketball at Maranatha Baptist Bible College, and when he was getting done. He played for four years. He sent out eight resumes when he had a month ago before he graduated. He got eight phone calls from from the companies that he sent. They all called and, and brought him in for an interview. And I took his resume and I brought it to somebody. I said, why is he getting all this play on this thing? And the guy said right off the bat, he said he played um, played basketball for four years in college. And he was a two-year captain. In a two-year academic All-American. He goes, I don't know if I'd hire the kid, but I'd want to bring him in. Anybody who stays and has that commitment, and he used that word, too, can lights. Decompart- right? He gets everything. He knows exactly where he's got to be, when he's got to be there, and takes care of his business. Their future, when they're done with college, is really bright.
7: No, and, and I'm a firm believer in it. And, and, again, I don't want to become a cliche machine here and, and go off about this, but part of part of what we've have to be, what we've had to become as football coaches now, is defenders of our game. I mean, let's, let's be honest, our our game's under attack, and I think that one of the things, without trying to become a cliche monster, is our kids are learning stuff that they're not getting in classrooms anywhere. They're learning stuff, and, and again, I'm not, you know, I was a two sport athlete in college and coach both in college, so I'm not ripping other sports. But there's things in football that that guys just walk away from our game with with different things instilled with them than any other sport. And, and there are clearly advantages to being a college athlete and what our kids learn and in the, in the life lessons. And it is powerful, powerful stuff. And employers, smart employers know it. And, and um, you're right, there, there's powerful stuff going on in our, in our sport.
2: You bet. He is Matt Walker. He's the head football coach at UW-River Falls. Coach, thanks a lot for a couple minutes of your time. I really appreciate it.
7: Guys, yeah, it was great having on, having me on. I'd love to be on anytime I can. I appreciate it.
2: You Thank it. you very much, Coach. Thank you very much. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, Travis Wilson with Sports.net is going to join us. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show. So As I was presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising Leadership Development, I'm Mike McGivern alongside head football coach at Milwaukee Tech, past president of WFCA, WFCA Hall of Fame member, former head coach at Brookfield. He's former head coach at Wauwatosa East. Man. Don't forget Dominican. You always I, oh, and that's your me. school. I well, that's where I
3: coached. Right, right. If,
2: I, if you if you coached at Mesmer, I'd be all over that. No, right? those
3: were rivals. I learned that early you, in my career. Dominican. You know at I, Dominican. Did, I
2: went to Tech as a freshman. I don't know
3: if you knew that. I I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do well. John Lehman went to Tech as a freshman also. Did he really? Yeah, yeah, cuz they had ninth graders and he didn't want
2: to go to Stoibin and he knew yeah. he was going to Washington, but sure.
3: his freshman year was at Tech.
2: Yeah, I got I went to Mesmer after that one year at Tech. I think I got beat up too much or something. I don't know, because <laughs> I had a big mouth back then. Thank goodness I've changed, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll ask our next guest if he thinks I've changed. Travis Wilson with Sports.net. Now I'm just a kind, gentle soul, don't you think, Travis? Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. How's your family, by the way?
1: They're good. Uh, our kids had their last day of school yesterday, so we're in the summer vacation, and uh, now it's
2: time for a lot of fun. There you go. That's that's awesome. Hey, Travis, we wanted uh, to have you talk uh, some combine stuff, but before we do that, um, you're feeling on this football-only conference idea that, that looks like it's starting to get a lot of traction. We talked to Doug Sarver early in the show. Uh, what's your feeling on that?
1: Oh, I think... Uh, Movement in the right direction and, and a lot of support is, uh, is what I have seen and heard from coaches, from administrators, from the WIAA uh, over the last several months as well. And, and full disclosure, I've uh, been involved in that uh, realignment process as well as part of the WI, uh, WFCA's ad hoc committee. And uh, I can certainly tell you that, uh, that Coach Sarver and everybody on the committee have put in a ton of work, a ton of time on it, have worked very closely with Wade LeBecky and, and the WIAA make sure that uh, you know the, the little details are right and um, it's something that they are interested in pursuing and so I, I really think everything is moving in the right direction for this to uh, to come into play um, now the you know the one caveat is that the actual full plan where schools are going to be placed has not been released yet and so there's a lot of times in situations like this where coaches and athletic directors and, and people say, yeah, we think, you know, realignment uh, is a good idea and we like all the parameters and we like you know all the discussions and everything. And then you show them where their conference is and then they uh, have a change of heart. I don't want to play that team. I, I go from, you know, I, I get moved conferences. I don't like it. I have a team come into my conference. I don't like it. I'm no longer the big dog in my conference. I don't like it. And so you, you really have to kind of fight the battle of trying to get coaches to see the big picture um, and not be so myopic on how it impacts their school directly, um, because I, I, I wholeheartedly feel that the football conference realignment plan that is being produced by the WFCA is a significant step in the right direction. I think it's good for football overall in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, certainly not every single school is going to love it, but you know what? There would never be a plan, ever, no matter how well you do it, that would, uh, be perfect for everybody, and so you just got to look at it from a large uh, scale perspective. I hope that's what most coaches do. I hope that's what the athletic directors do, the administrators, the WIAA, and ultimately the board of control that would vote to put this in.
3: And Travis, it's I think it's worth noting that um, should a school be put in a conference, let's say that they don't want to be in, you know, every two years there is a review process. There's there is built into this plan a way for schools to, to I don't know, opt out. I don't know if that's the right word, but to to try to find a different conference. So I, I think that's good also that there is that built into the plan.
1: Absolutely. And, and not only that, you know, there's the option for to request relief. Now, of course, just because a school requests relief doesn't mean it's going to be granted. Right. There's a um, process. Really right. <laughs> yeah, not only is that uh, available, but it's every two years and it's statewide. And so hopefully that will mitigate a lot of the concerns that have, have come up over the years, um, you know, where schools are requesting relief over and over and over. And, you know, there's schools in Southwest Wisconsin that have requested relief for 10 years or more. Um, you know, the, the cycle of two year realignment, I think is, is an outstanding way to go about it. And, uh, you know, if you, if you don't like it, you'll very soon have an opportunity to, uh, to try to make a change. Um, and the other part of it that I like Uh, because it has been such a a headache for um, the WIA to deal with all the requests is schools have to provide a reason why. Give us a rationale why you think that you should change. And, you know, you you talk to the WIA, and and it's kind of a harsh way to put it, but I think it's the right way to put it. Losing isn't a good enough rationale. You have to have a reason. You know, your your enrollment's changed. Your enrollment is different. um, Different things like that. It's not just we're losing um, because – some of these uh, you know, programs sometimes that uh, want relief and don't get it and, and continue to uh, you know make some noise about it, at the end of the day, you just got to get better, right? right. And, and so the, the aspect of having uh, rationale behind what you want and also providing options of what you think are better, I think is a really good part of, uh, of what this proposal is looking at.
2: We are talking to Travis Wilson from WissSports.net. Um Travis, I, when Doug talked about how the WFCA and WIAA are working kind of together so there's no surprises on some of this, I found that really refreshing. You know, I think that if – I think there's a lot of places all over our country now that they could learn a lesson from from this. Instead of fighting, you know, if, if they're you guys are working together for a common goal, I think that's the best way that this can get done.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it it has been certainly a partnership between the WFCA and the WIAA. Um, You know, at times in the last few years, there's been, uh, you know, some frustrations on on the part of uh, the football coaches and, you know, wanting some things to get through that they didn't get through. Uh, But this process has really, I think, re-engaged that relationship between the WFCA and the WIAA. It was never bad. It was never, you know, not in a good place. But this has really strengthened that relationship. Wade Lebecki has been outstanding to work with through the entire process. And uh, I think it just, not only for this particular plan, but for just everything going forward, I think it really sets a good tone moving forward.
3: Yeah. And, you know, being a part of that process, being a part of the WIAA football advisory for a number of years, you know, we've gotten to the point where. We kind of ask the WIAA about some things we want to do because if, if we get the feel that they're just not interested, we really don't pursue it. And, again, I said it before, and I don't mean this in a negative way at all, but the WIAA has a lot to gain by this. This takes a lot off of their plate. It takes a lot off of you know a real hassle and a headache for them has been conference realignment because of football. So there certainly is something on their part that they're gaining from hey, this hey, as well.
2: Can, can I ask a question? When 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 you have schools like a Brookfield Central and Brookfield East, yeah, we're not going to mess around with that kind of rivalry game, right? I mean, they're close enough in the, no, to, not to each in, other. Because you this, wouldn't want yeah. like a, yeah, you wouldn't want to take away that Brookfield Central Brookfield East type game.
3: No, not at all. But. You know, in the past, there has been conference realignment where that has happened. When, when say, I don't know, Cudahy and South Milwaukee were put into different conferences way back when. You know, that certainly put that into to jeopardy. Right um, now, of course, they're back in the in the same conference and and they're playing each other again. But some of that conference realignment through the years has
2: has eliminated rivalry games. Hey, let's get to a break if we can. The Other side of the break. We're having we had Travis on to talk about combine, uh, the combine and and uh, some players that really helped themselves and I got off in a different direction, so I appreciate you guys uh, doing that but we'll let's get you a break other side of the break we'll wrap the show up and talk to Travis Wilson about the combine updates and and who helped themselves by attending the combine stuff like that this is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Show presented by Raising the Stakes fundraising and leadership development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Tom Swiddle, head football coach at Milwaukee Tech. We're joined by Travis Wilson with Sports.net. And uh, we want to just kind of finish the show, Travis, talking a little bit about the Combine, um, some of the players who really helped them from attending the Combine, stuff like that. Now that the dust has settled a little bit, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, well, I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend this year. I had a death in the family and had a funeral that day. But uh, everything went very well with yep. Arnett and his staff at Next Level did a great job, John D'Amato and the Sussex staff, all the high school coaches that were there. Of course, the biggest credit goes to uh, Tony Diolo. Uh, who was the driving force behind re-implementing the Combine and and uh, is the, the director of the Combine every year. Um, so everything went off without a hitch, but you know, reviewing some of the times and talking to coaches that were in attendance, uh, there were some guys that really did help themselves. Uh, one kid that really stood out was Jackson Collin from Sussex-Hamilton. Uh, he was a, a kid that uh, missed a lot of time last year, um, but I tell you what, he showed awful well. Uh, in a lot of the drills. He measured in at six two, two 227 pounds. He's a kid that will play a little bit of running back for Sussex Hamilton, but really more of a linebacker prospect at the next level. He had a huge day. Um, Darius Crowley-Reed from uh, Martin Luther uh, ran really well. Um, uh, Tyler Gerostek from Austin. Uh So some guys really performed well. There was one offer that was extended uh, in, in the immediate aftermath of the combine. That was uh, Jacob Lippi an offensive lineman from, excuse me, uh, from Port Washington got an offer uh, from North Dakota who was in attendance. And so, or excuse me, uh, Lippy's from Whitefish Bay. Whitefish Bay, uh, yes. Yep. Uh, I always get him confused with Jacob Lippy, who's the receiver defensive back from Port Washington. <laughs> um, but those are some guys that really stood out. Uh, ben Barton from Stratford is a uh, 2020 player that measured six, six and a half, 236 pounds. Um, it actually got offered by Iowa just a couple weeks ago. Now, Iowa wasn't in attendance there based on uh, NCAA rules. but um, So those are a few of the guys that, that kind of really made a name for themselves. Uh, Matt Weddick from uh, Beloit Memorial showed really well. Uh, there was just a, a really good group of kids this year. Unfortunately, we, uh, because of a scheduling conflict, we had to have the uh, event a week earlier than normal this year, and it put us up against some of the spring games for some of the colleges. Uh, and there was a lot of guys that signed up for the Combine, some top-level guys that you know, got invited to some of those spring games and unfortunately had to cancel the Combine and, uh, and go to some of those spring games. But a really, really good group once again. I mean, there will be at least a dozen Division I players uh, between all of the different classes that, uh, that were there at the event. Uh, and just uh, another outstanding event by the WFCA, really grown obviously over the years. Another almost 600 kids participated. So it was uh, it was a
2: heck of a day. Hey guys, I, looking at the quarterbacks that 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 came, um, there there were some some names that I didn't see on that list, and and I'm wondering do do we get when you're a quarterback uh, like a Drew Lashinsky from Brookfield Central? Do you do you go to these combines, um, or do you, do you go to more like? The Badger camp and stuff like that. So I, I thought, as far as quarterbacks, there was a couple names that I didn't see. Well, in terms of Drew, he he's also a heck of a baseball player, and he
3: plays for uh, you know a traveling team, and and Drew has not been able to attend. My understanding is, and you know, I know his dad. His dad played for me at Dominican. Um, you know, he, he's he got a lot of baseball commitments, too, in the spring, and it just was... Uh, I think his
2: dad was overrated a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. But I think Paul was... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. But, uh, um, yeah, but anyway,
3: I think in his instance, you know, there's, you know, his baseball commitments with his traveling team in the spring as well. So, but I, I'm not aware that, um, you know, quarterbacks are avoiding the combine. Are you, um, Travis?
1: No, we've had a lot of really top-level quarterbacks that have gone there over the years. I think uh, um, last year Alec Ogden was there from Monona Grove, Donovan Free from Marathon. Um, uh, we've had some really, really good quarterbacks that have gone on to uh, scholarship-level uh, programs, Division II, uh, etc. So it, it really is a good opportunity for them, especially with the growing.
6: Uh, yeah, you bet.
1: Uh, with Jeff Tricky. Um, you know that's really a great opportunity for those kids to throw in front of all those college coaches that are sticking around.
2: Boy, that's awesome! You know, it was fun to be out there. We do our show from from out there, and and uh, man, the the amount of kids I I was kind of taken back. The amount of uh, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and then the the running backs and the linebackers that come in. Yeah, I kind of forget each year how how overwhelming it is. We sit in that corner, yeah. and these guys just walk past us. And, man, size of some of these kids is ridiculous. Yeah, those linemen were big this year. They, they were big, and John D'Amato was there going, look, can I just get five of them? Can yeah. I just pick the five I want, and uh, we could be competitive in a pretty good conference? Hey, um, Travis, uh, this time of year, I know that uh, when we were talking with Matt Walker from UW-River Falls, he said, look, it just never ends. This time of year, uh, how about for you? Do you get a chance to get a little time off before August?
1: Yeah, a little bit of a lull. Um, finishing up some uh, spring football rankings, uh, some team rankings in early June, and then you know, kind of get to take it easy a little bit. Still a lot going on, uh, and then you know, second week in July uh, really fires up big time. I start working on player uh, player rankings and at that time, releasing them on WSN. Uh, and then the next thing you know, it's uh, conference previews, and the, the season's here. So hey, it's t- about eight. Uh, two or three weeks to take a, a little bit of a, a breath, and then uh, it, it's crazy again.
2: Travis, you should probably preseason predict Tech winning everything and just put that monkey right on Swiddle's back. Just they're going to win the city conference, going to get the state, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, Coach Swiddle's survey. Uh, you know, there's, there's some coaches that. Uh, you know, they pick themselves first every year, even if they went 0-9 the year before. And then there's some coaches that uh, pick themselves last, even if they went undefeated and returned 20 starters. So, you know, which, I'll to keep an eye out for coaches and see how he does it.
2: Which yeah. well, which one has Swiddle been over the years?
3: Well, I'm always very honest. You are? Oh, yeah. There's nothing to gain trying to fool somebody. Well, if I think we're good, I let people know we're going to be good. If we're
2: not, I'm not going to say we are. Not saying a word. Yeah. You yeah. know, the um, – the idea of, of being out of it for a couple of years, I got to tell you, Travis, it's fun to. has got that look in his eye again, kind of that you know he's ready to get after it and get going again. And uh, I look forward to seeing how how they do. I think uh, there's some really good football going to be played in Southeast Wisconsin this year. There's some some teams that I'm excited that uh, had good years last year and had a lot of players coming back, and I'm looking forward to to seeing how some of those teams. Uh, how they come back and and, and get after it again. It's so early, though. You know, it's the end of July is when you guys get going again, and it just seems like it's earlier and earlier every year.
3: Well, this year it is. You know, you're talking
2: an August 1st start date. Um, It should be,
3: you know, if they hadn't changed some things around, it would have been a July 30th start date this year. Man, so... Travis, I wanted to ask you, how many different camps will you attend this summer as just to observe? I know I used to work the Badger camp, and and uh, I'd look up in the stands, and, and there you were always evaluating players. How many camps will you get to this summer?
1: Uh, honestly, probably not that many. I, I try to get to some of the contact days uh, when, when teams get together for that. I, I have gone to the Badger camp in the past. Um you know, with uh, with huddle and, and things like that, it becomes much easier to evaluate uh, different kids. Um, but I'm still out a ton. The, the combine usually, you know, contact days, preseason practices, scrimmages, take in, you know, 30 games a year, uh, and then review all the film. Um, you know, I put a, put a good amount of time into it because I try to take pride in, in what I'm doing. And, you know, it's an inexact science uh, ranking players and, and ranking teams, but uh, if I'm going to do it, I want to try to do it the best I can.
2: Well, I'd, we don't think anybody does it better. So, Travis, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, get a little time off because uh, end of July is coming really quick, man. It's coming quick. So thank you so much for a couple minutes. You
1: bet. Thanks,
2: guys. Thanks, Travis. You got it. Uh, that's Travis Wilson with sports.net. You go to that website. It, it Look, it's like a Bible for some of us. You know, what Mark Miller does in basketball is what Travis does for you football guys. And it's just, it's second to none. Right. It really is. They do a good job. What, uh, how often you guys lifted now at Tech? We go five days a week. Early? Uh, no. well we go at, from 1230 to 230. Okay.
3: Three days lifting and, and three days, um, other kinds of things. Skill sure. Skill developments and so on.
2: What's well, awesome. Hey, uh, it's good to see you. I will, uh. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. You bet. And, and uh, And, you know, good luck. Keep Thank up you. the good work down there. You Thank bet. You. Thanks for listening. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
6: Baseball
3: is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long.